Gear up as Cash Miller and the team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. This is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters and the CEO of Titan Digital. Today, we're going to get into the metrics behind display like programmatic ads, Facebook ads and stuff and how you can really make adjustments and whatnot, what that information actually means. I've got Jeff Barger with me. He's with Marketing Bomb. Jeff, it's great to have you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Cash. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Great to be here. A uh, little bit about myself is I have been doing marketing for the last 15 years. I spent the majority of that in a corporate entity, um, mostly for a Verizon agency. And about three years ago, I said, hey, I want to get out of the corporate game and take what I've learned uh, through this career and start Marketing Bomb, which you know, our whole belief was there is so much wasted ad spend out there. How can I help businesses that really don't understand the ins and outs of the data get that part of it and fix that marketing for them? And, and that's really been my goal. So we've been running uh, these last three and it's been pretty fantastic. Well, data in marketing is everything. It's, I mean, it's how we make our adjustments. And when we're running campaigns and, you know, for programmatic, for anything in social media and such, you know, you've got, you know, you're putting money behind these things. And, you know, I tell people, you know, like when we launch an, any kind of a campaign and such, you know, it's the advertising spend. I mean, you're putting real money behind Data is a bit tied to that money. The more money you spend, honestly, because and we'll get like, I know whenever we talk with Google, the first thing that they say is, hey, raise your budget and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, well, yeah, now the advantage of higher budgets and whatnot is going to be that you get the data back quicker. You're going to be able to make adjustments quicker. This, these are things that really you know can help. But, you know, it's that data and what I, what we're getting into today is why that data really matters and kind of, I like to talk about the uh, adjustments we have to make, you know, when we're analyzing it, what is, what are we able to do? Cause you know, for the people we work with, you know, business owners and stuff, you know, the stuff that we're doing is not often understood. It's kind of behind the scenes. It can sometimes be difficult for us to explain, you know, it's like, Hey, this is what we're actually having to do. So, I want to educate people today on what is going on when we're running paid campaigns and programmatic and how we use that data to make our adjustments. So I want to get started right with that. Um, yeah. So let's talk the broad overview. How does the data that we get back and you can give some examples, you know, how does that data that like if we're running a Facebook campaign, we're running programmatic, you know, like display ads or if they're video and stuff, how do we, you know, how does it help us do our jobs? So I think a lot of it depends on how you've went ahead and set up your campaign. I mean, I, I have a stone cold belief, almost anything you should be doing the results of conversion. Like, I don't know of a business that's like, man, we just love getting likes. Yeah, It's right. almost <laughs> like, you know, you can't pay your bill with uh, engagement. Um, I'm like, hey, what what did you get from a sale? What did you get from like a lead gen? Um, what about donations, even if you're a nonprofit? 
if you're not built to run a campaign that you can measure what your bottom line is, I, I do think th- some things are set up a little incorrectly, unless it's like that branding side to get the name out beginning. So like when I set a campaign, I look at like, all right, what's my conversion goal? Is it a lead form? Is it a phone call? And then I am looking at that custom conversion inside of Facebook or Google or even my programmatic buys. What was my cost to get that conversion? I think that's like the number one data point anyone can look at. And it, I mean, it's one of the first questions I ask if someone's like, hey, we've been working with an agency. Uh-huh. We're not real happy. Can we talk to you? And I'm like, oh, what are you paying for per lead? What are you paying per sale? And if they're like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, I think I know why you're unhappy. Yeah, right. You know, because, you know, conversion tracking is one of those, you know, obviously it's the, depending on what you do, it's the most important metric that we can possibly be looking at. You know, if you want brand awareness, okay, we're not trying to, you know, convert things. So like Coke doesn't track, you know, conversions because they want, you know, there's, you know, you're not buying a bunch of cans of soda, you know, online and stuff. But, you know, if you are trying to drive leads and stuff, then that conversion, which is tracked through your website, through your phone calls and such, so that we can actually see what the result of the campaign is. Because campaigns can be pretty broad, you know. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into them, you know, and you can be running multiple campaigns. So. And the- and, and that's such the piece that I think like that's such a key component of data that comes back. That I mean, that, that's easy, right? Just getting that from the platform and saying, hey, I want to set up, even if you set up the campaign for just traffic, you can still see how many conversions you get from that mm-hmm. campaign. And I, I really believe in taking it like a step further and like drilling down into the CRM side. It, and again, it depends on the business. This isn't Shopify or, or like a cart. But when you're getting that additional data back, like I love HubSpot. Like I, I, I'm always going to be a big fan because I get my original source, the drill downs, I know which keyword. And if you've set this up for like a funnel stage of like, well, where's my customer in the journey? If this is like a longer piece, you get an extra piece of data that you really get to look at and say like, okay, well, I know what it was to get a a lead form submitted or a phone call. How many of those phone calls turned into something like you can take that out of call rail or if you're integrated with HubSpot Mm -hmm. and then it's okay. Well then how long did they go? And then you really start to get your cost per keyword, the campaign. Um, I mean, like we can talk about the creative side of it too. And like, you know, how you've structured those campaigns and figured out this is the one targeting men. This is the one targeting women. This is the persona I used here. Like, I feel like you can see so much down to the level of like, if I use the color blue (laughs) and, you know, this font scheme inside of this, I will always get a conversion for $25, you know, as long as nothing crazy happens. And it's going to take 50 of these to become a sale. Like you can almost turn it into a machine that prints you money in the back room. Yeah, it's like, I think that's interesting. The point you made is diving a little bit deeper if you're able to, 
you know, and as a business owner, you know, you can set up these things, you know, to be able to do it for yourself. So you're not just tracking the conversion. You're saying, okay, the conversion is the lead that I received, but what happened to it after I received it? You know, did it actually convert? What was the value of it? You know, so if you landed a new project, if you had a new, you know, customer sign up, you added another subscription, you know, to the services you offer, you know, what did they actually do? And then you can start to judge the value, you know, and that goes back to, okay, now you can relate it to whatever your advertising spend is as well, because I say the conversion says it cost me $100 or $20 or whatever to get the conversion. But you don't know that that conversion resulted in a sale. So being able to hook up and systems like HubSpot and others, you know, can start to track the value you know, of them. And I think that's extremely important. And it's an often like missed thing, even amongst, you know, agencies and stuff when they're giving back data, because the companies might not be prepared to be able to track that, you know, down to that level, you know, they might not have the proper CRM systems or whatever it may be. But it's really interesting, you know, that you bring that up. So, you know, um, you know, if we start, if we go back to, you know, the other way too, what are some of the other metrics, you know, that you like to be able to check into and stuff, you know, because when we're talking about converting, okay, well, it's the top line stuff that, you know, leads to that conversion. So what are the things that you're really looking at? I mean, I'm always going to look at the impression level first and like, hey, is this like getting out to a lot of people? Because I think it's easy to be like, oh, well, you know, we've got a $20 $20 CPA on this. And it's like, Oh, well, how many? Just the one. Um, yeah, right. Like yeah. We only serve 50 yeah. impressions. Uh, and then I, I think click through rate, like while it's not as key and like, those are two metrics. I almost have like a little personal thing is like early on, I felt like working with some agencies, they're like, Oh, but you're look at your click through rate. I think it's key because it tells you you're talking to the right audience. Like, Hey, like you've hit a group, they're really interested in what you have to say. Either that or you've just written some amazing copy that's very broad appeal and maybe it's not specific enough. But I think looking at impression count, click-through rate, even cost per click, I mean, I've definitely done some programmatic buys where early on it's like, this looks great. And then it's like, oh man, the CPM on this is actually $99. And it's like, what? Yeah. And it's like, okay, like, what's the click? Like, is this a good click-through rate? What's the conversion rates on this? Like, and it's like, well, it's kind of middle of the road. I'm like, then these are just very expensive impressions that aren't doing anything special. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think those are all key metrics. Like, I mean, just those top lines that I think we all look at. Cost per click, click-through rate. Yeah, the you know, and most of the platforms, I mean, they all have, you know, similar metrics, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's Google, it's Facebook, you know, if it's a programmatic one, it's going to show you the impressions, the clicks, they're going to mean different based on the platform, you know, because there's a different expectation, you know, programmatic tends to drive up large impression counts versus what Google's going to get because, you know, programmatic is I'm putting stuff in front of people, Google is I'm waiting for people to find me. Yeah. And same thing with, you know, any kind of social media platform, whether it's Facebook or or something else, they'll tend to have larger, um, you know, impression counts and stuff. And the click-through rates can be much lower. So you do need to understand the differences and have a certain expectation depending on the platform you're on. Uh, otherwise, you're going to, you know, like, you, they're, they're not apples to apples comparisons. 
And I, th- I think intent is probably key as well, um, which is why like that metric question sort of can span a few different ways. Like, you know, I look at a programmatic buy. I mean, I, I'm running a display campaign on Google right now that I've been as high as a 30% click-through rate, and I'm not talking search. Hmm. Um, and I'm like, you know, you, you don't see this kind of thing often. No, you don't. Programmatic, it's like, oh, man, if you're hitting 1%, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and, I, and, I, and I'm like, hey, you know, if you look at those two numbers, you're going to have a very different opinion of like what's successful. But a lot of the programmatic buy I do for uh, one of my customers is it's retargeting because they're in a medical field and you can't do that on Facebook and Google. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, these are people that are in your journey and like we're just trying to move them to the next step in the funnel with some additional education or, you know, stories of former patients. That click through, while it won't be as high as it's like, hey, but they're already engaged with you and we're, we're just giving them some more information. It's a much smaller pool. So even then, like the platform and the intent and my purpose for that are so vastly different. I would never do a one-to-one comparison of like top of funnel metrics. And I think as a marketer, you really have to be so intentful with what everything is you're doing and you can't judge apples to apples. I mean, this is apples and kiwis. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're not even close, you know, and you know, with any platform you have to understand that. Yeah. What you mentioned in the intent, you know, in some cases we're, you know, getting in front of people that we think would have an interest, you know, with programmatic and stuff. And we're using audiences and, and such to figure out who those people should be. Whereas, you know, if you're on uh, Google, it's, it's going to be the re, you know, reverse. They have an intent, they know what they want and they're, you know, you're trying to be in front of them because of the searches they do and such, you know, and then Facebook, you know, is sort of the same thing, but Facebook's even more of a crapshoot because, you know, with their audiences and such, you know, they're basing things on, you know, uh, profiles and whatnot that are within the platform. You know, they've got a number of metrics. They've been pulling back a great deal on how we can target, you know, audiences, which make it tougher and programmatic. They haven't done as much of that. You know, there's, there's still a lot more options there, and but there's certain things you can do that you can base it on, you know, their history. You know, I can put in lists of, you know, website URLs and stuff that they've been visiting that, Hey, if they went here, I want to target them because I have something similar or whatever, you know, or it can be, um, you know, searches that they've done online, but I wasn't in front of them with Google, but Hey, I can still hit them with an ad. So it's like, you know, you have to understand those is like, um, with, you know, anything programmatic or social, you know, you get really high impression counts. Um, I think one of the things programmatic that you always have to, uh, take really care, you know, be really careful about is where you're showing up to. You know, there are a lot I've like, we do programmatic advertising and apps are notorious and it can really skewer your numbers. Right. Because, you know, I'm sure you've, you know, cleaned out tons of apps. Don't show here, 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 you know? So let's talk about that for a second. Even in Google, the, uh, the app store Mm -hmm. is, I had a huge issue that it was a whole theme of, um, it was blood pressure apps Oh yeah. that like, I probably had 34 to 38 different blood pressure apps that the app was designed so poorly. They thought the ad was like, Oh, if I call this number, I can get customer support mm. because this app is so broken. Yeah. 
And uh, my call center was getting all these calls and they're like trying to check my blood pressure. Um, and then we had to go in one by one and say, please don't serve inside this app. And it was kind of a general clean out. I had to do about every three months. Yeah, we've always kept a um, like permanent blacklist of things with our provider and stuff that it's like it, we do not want any single ad served on any of these platforms, period. And then you have to, and this is what people don't understand. There's a, there can be quite a bit of manual work. Yeah, because when we go through those and we continuously like add to the blacklist of places, you know, when we find something new because a new app comes out or whatever, we actually will take and search for the app on the Play Store so we can see what it does. And then we can also see how, because they'll put their screenshots, right? And you can see where the ads are probably going to show up because they have the clickbait style ads, you know, where they're going to have a little banner ad at the bottom where you're going to mistakenly click oh, it. Yeah. But it will eat up your impressions, your budget and such. And, you know, we'll focus primarily on ones where we see high impression counts because if it's got, you know, 20 or 50 or something, you know, okay, it's not a nut, you know, we'll get to it eventually. But, you know, we got to start with the things that can really chew up budget, you know, and, that's the thing people don't understand often with programmatic, you know, it can be really great. But the problem is, is like the apps are a great way to reach more people, but you have to clean them out. And Google, like you mentioned, you know, because that ties into the Play Store as well. You know, and I've run campaigns where we refuse to run it on the apps, you know, we'll, we'll turn them off totally. Yeah, you know, just because of how much trouble it is. And it's also based on the type of client, you know, like the type of business you have. Yeah. And, you know, back, back to metrics. And then, like you said, you get those false clicks. And I think sometimes you get this representation of like, you know, impressions are good, clicks are good. And then I, I, that's why I feel that that CPA number is so key. Cause I'm like, but how much did we sell? How many conversions yeah. did I get? Cause if everything in the front end you're telling me is golden, why, what is wrong with my back end number? Mm -hmm. And it, it just feels like I'm either getting bot clicks yeah. Or like you're reaching the wrong people and the ad is misleading or, you know, to your point, it's like, oh, you actually can't exit out of this ad. You have to click it to get it off your screen. Well, you meant, so you mentioned an interesting thing that, you know, the, the ad is misleading and stuff. So let's talk about the creative that goes into it because you've got, you know, you're tracking the metrics and often we do, and I'll combine this as like two questions because it's, we do um, AB split testing and such. So, and for people who don't realize it's like, you know, run two ads against them, see which one performs better based on the metrics and such and drop the loser, probably create something else to run against it. And that can be just doing variations like ad text. It could be the changing imagery, whatnot, you know? So what's your approach? a bit to that because you know when you're doing split testing what are you looking for what's kind of your criteria for an ad to be dropped and then to have a challenge uh, you know a new challenger so i think um i've done it so many different ways like early on i was working with a creative director who really was focused on this lifestyle image branding for the whole company like that was supposed to be marketing's new look I was like, well, man, let's run it. Like, let's run it against some stuff because I feel we've done really well with more of this like animation style and video and, you know, just this like kind of very upfront, here's our promotions and things like that. And I mean, we kept on running like back-to-back -back split tests inside of Facebook. And I'm like, look, this lifestyle image thing's not working. Like, I mean, like five to one people are clicking on just, promo 
And I'm like, at the end of the day, I don't care that this guy's having fun. Tell me about the buy one, get one free. Like, that's why I'm clicking your ad. Yeah. I've talked with people, you know, that make that same kind of a comparison, you know, so sometimes it's numbers, you know, it might be a discount or something, you know, that gets the response versus, you know, like you mentioned with a lifestyle. So, hey, you could be living this way, yada, yada. And, you know, which one is the actual draw? Hey, it's buy one, get one. Okay. You know, and you can see why the clicks would get driven up. And I mean, it was clicks and then we were doing offline conversions. So then I'm uploading in the Facebook and I'm like, look, like I've gotten five sales from like brand and about 400 from buy one, get one free. Like right. this doesn't matter. Um, and then I've done it a different way too, like not actually using the in-platform A-B test, like set it up is I ran different sets of personas um, that like for the the group I was targeting, you know, there was a high propensity for Caucasian males, African-American males, and then, you know, just women was sort of laid out as a whole. Um, So we said, okay, like let's cast our three actors. We did a bunch of photography and I set up the geography the same, headlines and everything else the same. And it was just the only difference were these personas. And I mean, I was such a pain about this. And I was like, hey, I need a dog in this picture. You know, our African-American guy had a dog. The woman has to have a dog because people love dogs. And that could throw this off. Um, So almost everything down to the detail was the same, except just the demographic of the person. Hmm. And on Facebook... African-American persona just destroyed everything. It was like, clearly this guy is our winner. Um, The female persona was dead last, like lowest amount of conversions, least amount of clicks, same impression threshold though. And, but then I went over to Google when I did the same thing on my display ads there. The woman was the leader, African-American guys last. And then my Caucasian male was the middle throughout the entire thing. And it was like, we ran very similar pieces of creative on both platforms, all the same personas. The platform alone changed who performed well. Mm. So it was sort of like, hey, you can't eliminate one of these the next round because they all perform differently. We're, we're running these ads. That's, that's really an interesting thing because it's the differences between them is the platforms themselves that they're running on. And, you know, and with the platforms, of course, you know, Facebook's closed. So it is strictly to people that are on there. And whereas Google, it's going to be, you know, in various places, various websites and such, and it may or may not like match up, you know, well, you know, like you may be picking, you know, to show ads based on content types and things like that, you know, a number of things for a reason to be on that website. But it could still kind of, you know, be off. Yeah, in which case, you know, it's can be harder to, I think, narrow down, like I say, why the ad would work. And like I say that it's it's not one platform. You're running it through Google, but it's showing on a, essentially, you know, what could be thousands or, you know, even hundreds of thousands of websites and stuff, you know, or more. So yeah, it would be hard on us any kind of a split test, you know, so you have to kind of treat each platform as its own thing. If you you know, you've got a winner on Facebook. It's different on Google. Okay, well, you run what is the winner on Facebook, and on Google you do the same thing, but it's not necessarily going to be the same between them. <laughs> and then, and then that sparked questions as we did a, a Hulu buy with those same commercials and ads and personas, and it was like, ooh, who do we pick? 
Yeah, right. Because, <laughs> you know, um, especially since it's going to be, you know, another closed platform if you're just using Hulu and such. And what, who did you end up picking, you know, because like that's that's really interesting. I would my my inclination would be to maybe pick the person that went on Facebook because of the closed platform nature. But, so, so we did. I, I, I went um, with our African-American um, male persona and then the female persona was like, well, I feel like we've got to have both. And and over time, I mean, it took almost a year and we kept on changing out creative like we did plenty of stuff. We eventually saw his popularity rise back on Google where he had been last over oh, yeah. time. He did start to move upwards and was like. It just took a minute to take a shine to him on this platform for whatever reason, but well, then he became the dominant figure there. That's that's really interesting. So over time, because you let it run longer. So what that get that begs the question though of how long do you think is a a I guess optimal amount of time for a test to go on? You know, and it's going to be influenced by budget and data. You know, so you can get data back. You know, I, what, what I feel if you're not changing creative out every four months. That's the max. Um, and I had all these charts and stuff. And I mean, we would do four months running the same ads. Um, we might play around with some headlines and descriptions mm -hmm. here and there. Just it's like, oh, this clearly is losing. Um, or, hey, you know, you use these five images. We take one out that was underperforming. But every time I'd get to a four-month breaker in engagements and conversions, that fourth month is when I would see the drop. And, you know, we did that about three different times. And I'm like, look, we can't go any more than four months without switching out ad creative because people just get tired of seeing it. And yeah. not that like it was a lot of return customers, but I think it's like, oh, I've seen this a couple of times and it becomes white noise. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, we've got, you know, ad blindness is what develops, especially on on platforms like Facebook because it's interjecting it into your feed and your and it, the feed is a scroll. So as you go through, and this can happen on any other social media platform and stuff, you know, you're going over and over again. And that's what happens. I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it. You know, I tend to personally stay off of, you know, most of the social platforms, but um, YouTube, you know, I'll be watching um, something on there and they've copied TikToks, you know, um, the short form videos and stuff. And so you hit them in the scroll and you have all those, you know, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, whatever. And they can be kind of interesting because they're, you know, they're picking up on what you've been watching, offering you something similar and everything. Uh, and, but you can see, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it. Like, you know, and it kind of tries to feed you some of the same stuff, especially if it's ad related, you know, it's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get a lot of Verbo ads. I'm like, you know, we. Yeah, there's one Timu. I'm getting constantly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's like a whole. They they know what to serve me, <laughs> and it's always cool stuff. Yeah. And then I read a whole article, and it's like, I mean, it's you'll get your stuff, but it's kind of a shady company that will sell your data. Yeah, so they're but using, I'm on Facebook, yeah. so what do I know, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's like it is interesting that you know you do need to change that creative. If you don't, like I say they people develop blindness and they may not have interacted. So you have to think of uh, the creative. You know, you're telling a story through that creative. You know, depending on what you're doing, even if it's you know buy one get one, you still develop a theme for that. I always think of you know. Uh, was it Best Buy going out of business now? You know, I've I've heard that they've uh, the 
Um, oh, it was uh, Overstock. I think bought them. They didn't oh, buy. Really? Yeah, they didn't buy all the physical stores. They're going to let all that die. Um, but they're going to change their Overstock name to Best Buy. So they're going to keep the on since they're an online brand. They're actually going to adopt Best Buys as their primary thing. Um, hmm. because their overstock was always, you know, over and all that. But the thing is, is that Best Buy was always known for like the blue cards, you know, like the coupon codes and whatnot, they'd mail you and everything. But the idea is, is that, you know, when you're running ads and stuff, um, you need, even if you're running off of a theme like that, you're not really, it, you don't think of it as a story, but you became, you become known for something, but you still have to tell it in different ways. Yeah. 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 It, it's, um. I, I think that's a thing too. And you, when you change your creative style, like we, we actually avoided like carousel ads in the first year. And I, I think it was just a lack of having the photography. I was like, I mean, carousel tells a story. It's interactive. Mm-hmm. And it really became for one of the campaigns I ran. like, let's tell stories with these people. And I have four slides to really do it. Yeah. To like make you feel connected into something. And I think creative, I mean, is something that's just four images. I mean, I mean, the, the Sunday comics are three or four images and they tell a story like you can do something that really grabs, right. holds somebody's attention. But you, you have to tell a story. I mean, I think that's like what, like, I don't know, maybe the assumed marketing dream is we're like, oh, we're all storytellers. I feel like every PowerPoint I've ever put together, yeah. it's like, what's the story you're trying to tell? Like, well, uh, we spent money and we made money but I can add some flair to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so your advertising can be, you know, I say it can be used to tell a story, but you know, at the end of the day, the, it's the metrics behind, you know, whatever you're running, you got, you need to be looking at the conversions. You, you should look at the clicks. You should look at the impressions, but look at the sources too. Yeah. That's really important because you can end up with, you know, really large impression counts and really large click through, you know, rates, but those, those clicks, if the sources are wrong, you know, then the clicks are going to be wrong. And in the attribution setting, I mean, man, if we really want to geek out on metrics, are you a first touch, a last touch? A, oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I get very frustrated. Um, I, I use this analogy with my programmatic publisher all the time. I, I um, talk about first touch. I get frustrated. HubSpot wants you to always use first touch. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's weak because I'm like, that's not what gets you over the finish line at last yeah. touch to me is key. And, you know, we, we had some argumentative conversations early on about like, Oh, our impressions are great. We're generating traffic. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not closing it. Um, and it was like, well, the way we look at programmatic is X, Y, and Z and how it assists. And I said, Hey, if you and I went hunting, and, you know, you uh, wing the deer in the knee, but I get it in the heart. Which one of us is walking out with a deer? <laughs> yeah. And they were like, well, I get the yeah, assist. <laughs> but, you know, in, in this game, when I'm looking at budgets and where we're going to invest dollars, it's who gets the kill shot, gets the money. Right. Yeah. And like I say, a lot of times when we're split testing, yeah, we have to look at the top line, but also, you know, cause it's a, it is a full funnel piece, you know, it's where are we sending them when it comes to ads when, you know, and making sure everything is in alignment. And if we see, cause that, that data is also telling us the idea is that it tells us what is good about a campaign, but also where the problems are 
within a campaign. Um, if we see that, we could see that we get, you know, we've got everything dialed in on impressions and clicks, but we can't get a conversion and we think everything is right. And then you have to go look at where are we sending them? You know, is there a disconnect there? And, you know, because you could have two campaigns that look like they're doing that. Neither one of them are really resulting or one is getting a, uh, a decent amount of conversions. Maybe it's something on the other end that we've got to you know take a look at. And, in, and I mean, if you if you run a Facebook campaign and you're looking at that first touch attribution and it looks like everything's Facebook, everything's Facebook, but it's the paid search after, you know, it's like a week for whatever reason. It's like the Costanza, uh, you know, at the uh, it's like, oh, I'll, I'll look at that later. And yeah. that search gets your conversion. Like, who are you going to give the credit to? Like, do you split it between them? Um, and again, we go back to the CRM side of it. Do you want to look at all the different page views and UTMs for every customer that you've gotten and said like, Mm -hmm. well, this wouldn't do this without the other. I mean, I think all those metrics are important, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, what do you believe? And then the data tells you drove conversions to your business. And, And I think it's last touch conversions, CPA, that's where your money belongs. All right. So, you know, to kind of sum everything up, you know, when people are looking at, you know, if they're diving in, hopefully, you know, if you're a business owner, you're going to run ads, you should become at least some sort of data geek because, you know, you need to know, you know, where your money is going and how it's performing and whatnot. What would you give as a, to a way to sum everything up of the key points? So if you're looking at it, I mean, I would tell you have the CRM in place. Like if you were focused on lead generation um, and sales, I mean, you need a CRM that can track that deeper funnel for you. Um, And if you have that data, I mean, take it into Facebook, use offline conversions if you're in a brick and mortar type of business. Uh I mean, really analyze what drove that conversion and then get the better understanding. And I think we touched on it earlier is if Facebook brought you 20 leads, how many leads did you actually close? Yeah. If paid search, you know, you netted out a hundred conversions last month, how many of those conversions turned into a sale? Like, I mean, you, you need to be really a CFO and a marketer, I think combined. Yeah to say like, this is where the value in our marketing is going. So I I do think it's get a CRM that does the job, drill down into that data as granular as you can go. Yeah, the the CRM, a lot of businesses are not, you know, really prepared on the, the sales side of things and they need to take that, you know, yes, they sell. Okay, but the tracking part of it and combining it with your marketing efforts and looking at the data as a whole, because you can track it down and say, okay, you know, because there's other things you can look at as far as, you know, compare your conversions to your form submissions. If you've got call tracking data and stuff, you can see who's been doing these things and then you can you can match them up with the actual sales that were you know closed and know, okay, this one I can, you know definitely align with these conversions here and so on and so forth. You know, and then it's also necessary because you see conversions on Facebook, you could have conversions on Google, you could have programmatic conversions, but you could find that even of the platform itself while you're getting conversions does not close, you know, and that can tell you too, you know, so having everything in alignment. 
And even little one-offs, I mean, be a detective. I mean, like sleuth your way around this is, you know, Google will say, oh, we won't count it as a phone call conversion unless it's 60 seconds long or whatever you Mm -hmm. want to set it to. But then I've seen IVRs and businesses take 60 seconds to get through. And I'm like, well, everybody's going to look like a conversion that (laughs) would have continued on. Yeah. Well, this has been a great discussion. Um, Jeff, how would people get a hold of you? Uh, so my website, marketingbomb.net, I couldn't get the com, uh, <laughs> or Jeff Barger at marketingbomb.net is probably the easiest way to reach out to me. Um, I mean, and, and kind of like what I mentioned we do is like all this stuff is we focus on conversion tracking and getting attribution is, you know, I think my original idea is how do I just become an attribution agency? Because <laughs> tying the end pieces yeah. together seemed to be the hardest part. Yeah, it really is. But boy, that would be hyper focused, wouldn't it? Yeah. But man, I'll tell you, I think uh, when I talk to somebody, that that's truly what they need. I mean, we have to build everything to get them there. Yeah. But it's hey, how do we find out if our marketing works? Yeah. That's always the big question. Okay. Well, I'm Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters and the CEO of Titan Digital. It's been another great episode. Thank you for joining us today, Jeff. And that's a wrap. Thanks.